Hey, everybody. This is So Many Sequels. We are your favorite book club for movies. We're still workshopping it. I don't know, but I think it's good. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. This week, we're back with season six and our most anticipated movies of 2023. From the Super Mario Brothers movie to John Wick, Chapter 4 this year is full of original movies and so many sequels. We'll also talk about our Disneyland and Disney World experiences. Not sure how we got on that topic, but we'll also try to figure out what we think will be the highest grossing movie of the year. That's right. That is all this week on So Many Sequels. Be sure you follow us online at So Many Sequels in your favorite social media app. And as always, enjoy the show. So and most of it, most of it, yeah, you can buy at the resort they're staying at. If you're staying at a resort, like you can get it there. So don't be like, oh man, this symbol plushie, we'll never see it again. No, you will. I know. You'll you exactly and Neil are the, the kings and queens of the Disney's. I don't know about that. I mean, maybe amongst our, maybe amongst this particular friend group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, uh, you know, nobody else these, counts outside these, of this group. If 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 social media has done anything, it has dissuaded me from thinking I'm anywhere near like the most avid Disney right. fan. You don't you don't spend your life savings on trips, and you don't have a a, a YouTube channel where you chronicle yeah, your every good. move. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so the, these people who are like uh, Disney influencers, you know, and they go to Disney like once a week and do all these like, have you ever seen this or Disney trick of the day that kind of stuff? I'm just like, yeah. To me, after a while, that would just be a job, and that would not that would take all the fun that would take any fun out of it for me. Like, look, if I lived in the area and I was like able to get a season pass, I'd probably go regularly, you know, just for something to do. Yeah, but I don't think it could be weekly, at least not for a long maybe at first you'd the excitement of it. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I could go that often. If I lived in the area or something, then maybe, yeah, I could I could find myself going like maybe two times a year. Or something if i could justify the, I, the spending but you know but i, I i've got the first time i went i was 18 and then didn't go again until uh my wife and i got married and then we've been a few times since then i think i've been six times now which is more than i ever thought i would go based on right my based on the first time going being me being 18 i was like i may not come back till i'm 42 i know hey that's how i felt i might who knows if i'll ever go back i hope so but yeah my, it was fun both parks are fun my dad went in terms of Disney Both World Americans. in Orlando. My dad went like three years or so after it opened. Um, I'm not sure he's tried to he's tried to put he has tried to put together the pieces of why uh, they went because his dad was not necessarily someone who plunked down a lot of money for much of anything. Yeah. So and they stayed at the um, they stayed at the uh, the Contemporary, which is like their big big like like at the time they only had two hotels though, so it was the Tem- Contemporary or the other one. Mm. Um, and he's tried to, so he was like, uh, when we went, when he, when my family went in, uh, in 2008, it was like a completely new place. He was like, yeah, I've been before, but like the whole premise was new. Anyway, little, little diversion there. Always happy for a diversion. I've only been once and I got too excited whenever I listen, you know, it's not real. 
Yeah. It's not real. But the closest thing to real is walking on that Millennium Falcon in the Star Wars land and mm-hmm. being like, mm-hmm. this is the closest thing to real that can be. And then, yeah. you know, I was on the fast pass or the, the one ride person or the one line ride person. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was in there with a bunch of strangers trying to hold back the tears that I was <laughs> feeling of being in this real ship right yeah like it felt real it feels real it looks real the good everything they did and it was like i can't cry in front of these strangers yeah (laughs) there was real close there is a real surreal feel uh, real there's a very surreal feeling uh walking on and it's you know all it's all lit correctly and it's all like you know you just you wish that honestly you could just hang out there as opposed to like move on to go do uh, the riot component of it or whatever. He's uh, like, can I just hang in here for like, you know, for 45 minutes? I will say, I when it comes to, to the Disney parks, Disney World, Disneyland, I didn't get it until I was there. Yeah. That's, that's when I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I, I understand why this is a, a thing and not just, you know, any other theme park. But I but it really took me seeing it for myself to, to get that uh, appreciation. Yeah, because um, like they have like the, that that uh, and we can put a bow on this, but like I, they have just like such a high level of detail to everything they do yeah. that like you you do just kind of like forget that you're in the middle of Los Angeles or mm-hmm. you're in the middle of truly you know the, the middle of nowhere, the, Florida Disneyland is is I think the most impressive because of how it is just like placed in a <laughs> in a hot, big just, metropolitan area and you yeah. really can't tell, um, but yeah. It's cool. Um, this is our first episode back in a, in a in a while. Yes, we've yeah we've had a bit of a hiatus. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about our most anticipated movies today, which is exciting. I know. But uh, what a, oh, what a, we got a lot of fun things coming up this season. <laughs> I feel like that was a very unenthusiastic. I know. <laughs> it was. Me. I know. I, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Well, I know. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. David, we are in line. Yeah. For a movie now. Because this is our sixth season. Hashtag six seasons and a movie. Right, exactly. And oh, if you yeah, want to hear uh, me me and Garrett talk for a really long time about the premise behind six seasons and a movie, you can. That podcast exists. That's true. Go look through our uh, our podcast feed in your in your favorite app or on yeah. sunnysequels.com. Uh, if you've ever today, thought this show needs less Josh and Andrew, that's the show for you. <laughs> well, that couldn't be. <laughs> um Oh, We've got a big season planned for everybody. Planned yeah. for planned for y'all watching and listening. Planned for us uh, watching these movies and making the show. I'm excited about it. Uh, we've already announced on our social media that all of February is going to be dedicated to Brendan Fraser. Uh, this first uh, this first episode of the season is our little kickoff. But then we're going into Brendan Fraser mode, and it's going to be pretty exciting. Let me just tell you that. Just yeah. tell you that right now. This oh, is yeah. hot off Why? the heels of his. He's been nominated for an Oscar now. Yes. He won the Critics' Choice Award. He's Fraser's back. Fraser's back. Fraser's back, baby. And we got a whole month of him, so we'll get to that next week. He's back Uh, and better than ever. (laughs) You know what? I don't agree. I don't disagree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I know. I think he's still the same. It's a tall order. I know. He he was always great. That's the key. Um, We're going to... 
We're going to start out with a little bit of a different episode, though. Instead of following our normal format, we're going to talk about our top 10 most anticipated movies of 2023. What a fun way to kick off the season. Yeah, um, I know. Well, you know, Jan- gets, go ahead, I was, was, was going to say it's gotten a little better each year since uh, 2020, that faithful year when we had a really great list that uh, we all know what happened to that. Right. Um, <laughs> but this year is looking a little, a little better every year. Um, so what we did is we collected our, the three of us, our top five movies, and we um, posted them on our social media. So you might have seen them already. But we've compiled them, ranked them into a list, and we added an audience choice pick uh, for your most anticipated, one of your most anticipated movies of the year. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that one first, actually. Let's just go straight into it. Number 10. Yeah. Number 10. Top 10 most anticipated. Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. A lot of talk about about Super Mario. There is. People are excited. Uh, Are they? People are. uh, Some are. People are. I mean, our fans are. Our fans are. Clearly, our fans are. Well, it's going to be the uh, water cooler movie of the year, probably, in, in many ways, because it'll be. It's already been a big conversation because of the. Uh, let's just call it what it is uh stunt casting with the main characters yes um and not just mario let's look at no. this whole lineup i mean it's all it actors there's no reason to have anna taylor joy is that her name playing yeah. peach <laughs> no real reason for that no reason for charlie day to be luigi uh, there is a perfect reason for charlie day to be look, luigi because he is a living luigi i'm gonna say this right now chris pratt and charlie day would make excellent brothers in any project Except maybe one? Super Mario Brothers. You know, I think the problem that everybody has had with this so far is the voice, right? People are right. like, it's basically just Chris Pratt just being Chris Pratt and not even being close to Mario. There are some theories out there that I've seen. Have you seen them? Theories? Yes. Theories. Okay, so the here's a theory season. as to why. Yes, there's a theory out there. Is it because he can't do it? It's. The theory is that it is uh, a la very similar to like a Jumanji type situation where he is a gamer and is now sucked into uh, the Mario land and Chris Pratt is realizing in real time that he is Mario. That's Mm. trying way too hard. Ain't no way that's what the movie's going to be. Wouldn't care for that, but... If that's this is what a it Super is, Mario movie. That's not what, what it is. If that gets people to accept this and stop talking about it, then cool. But otherwise, because I'm just over it. I'm just let's just do let's over just, it, huh? Get, let the movie happen. Let's just move past it because. Oh geez, I guess it's, um, it's over. It's done. Like it's how well, it happened. It'll probably be better. It'll be more successful than that one. I'll tell you that. I mean, Danny DeVito, that. Danny DeVito doesn't do a good Mario voice either. Or uh, excuse me, what's I was name? just uh, thinking, what are you talking about? Not Danny about? DeVito. It's uh, Bob Hoskins. Bob, Bob Hoskins. Hoskins. Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. He was this is a movie. I own this, the original. He Super doesn't. Mario you're movie. right. But Mario was a little different back then than he is today. He was. Now, you know, I, I understand from, a, you know, from a basic premise standpoint, this would be like Disney making a movie about Mickey, Minnie, and Donald Duck and Goofy and all that. And they cast, you know, uh you know, uh, uh, Steve Carell to be Mickey Mouse, you know? It would just be like, why? 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 This is really, it doesn't sound like them at all, you know? So I understand. People are not really excited about that, but it's already happened. It's already already happened. So like, let's just get, let's just get past it and move on. Uh, The same way we did with most movies we don't like. Early, early predictions. Do we think it's going to be better than this one? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. 
Yeah. Because I'll tell you this, and and, and I said I'm this not on, sure. I'm not confident. I don't. I think, think it, some I, people would rather get an enema than watch that. I think it will be greater than or equal I, to. I think it'll be better, surely because it definitely looks like it's drawing more from the video games it, yeah. it, it, that it's drawing. And they just decide. I've been saying this for years. They just decided to just go with animation, just have it be set in its own world. Mario seems like he's still going to be from outside of this magical kingdom or something. He's still going to be kind of a fish out of water. But I'm so sick of of video game character, animated character being pulled into the real world. I'm so sick of it. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog is one of the worst pair of films I've seen in the last 30 years. Uh, And I'm fine with that. I never saw the second Uh, one. No. Never saw the second one. The second one is bad. Don't watch Mm -hmm. it. I mean, watch it so you can agree with me, but it's bad. Everything Mm -hmm. that doesn't have Sonic... The thing is, everything that doesn't have Sonic involved in it is really bad. And there's a lot that happens that doesn't have Sonic involved in it. Mm. Like, way too much. miscalculation for a Sonic movie. It is. Well, the only thing I can really say about the Super Mario Brothers movie is the, the what I've seen of the trailers entertained me enough. It looks like the humor is right. Yeah. And there's some nods to the game, some some more like obvious and subtle nods to the game in the in the trailers that I find funny. Um, there was a new there was a new trailer that came out today as of this recording I saw um, during some sports ball game I don't know it was on TV and then I googled it and saw that it was a new trailer um, and you got to see Mario in the cat suit for the first time you remember you know, anyone know Mario's cat suit yeah I mean, Mario's yeah Mario's that's my favorite one because he can fly and he can whip him with the tail well he's gonna be suit. he's gonna get that suit in the movie so I'm looking forward to that Donkey okay. Kong's in it yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, you know, everything that's my, not Mario yeah. looks interesting. You know, my mm-hmm. expectation for it is Angry Birds. Like, I know it's not the same comp, it's not the same group, but my, that's my, I, if you saw Angry Birds, it's, you know, I did uh, not. It's, it's like they got a bunch of voice actors who are, you know, high on snark and goof. And it's, you know, uh, it's a very, um, I don't know, freaks and geeks SNL inspired take. You know what I mean? Leave freaks and geeks out of this. I'm just saying because it's like people. It's because it's the actor group like Jason Siegel and Jonah Hill and oh, I all you. that, all those types of people. You know, kind of stoner kid comedy. All right. Well, I think it's fair to say that uh, we, as a trio, are less excited about this movie than uh, our listeners. <laughs> uh, so yeah. let's move on. To, let's move on to number nine, shall we? How about how about that? So number nine on our list uh, came from my most anticipated list, uh, and it technically still does not have a release date, but I'm pretty certain it's 2023, and that is Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. Um, that is the new Martin Scorsese movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, also Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Don't yes. Forget. Don't Fraser forget already. Brendan's in, the, in that one. Um, and also, we'll continue. You run down the real cast list. Um. Well, now I lost it thinking about that. Uh, Jesse Plemons, Lily Gladstone, Robert De Niro, um, John Lithgow, Sturgill Simpson. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Jay is Jason Isbell. I didn't know most of the. Okay. Now I like, now I like so the many more. sequels own Andrew Nichols. Keep your eyes out. <laughs> I forgot it's Andrew, starring Andrew Nichols. Starring Andrew. Keep your eyes peeled. There's potential that he makes it his debut 
on the big silver screen of that Apple man, TV+. Plus. That man spent days being an extra. Days in days. the same vicinity as all so, of these stars. With like a handlebar mustache or something, didn't he? Yeah, they dressed him up. If we go to see, well, I guess, well, we might be able to see it in theaters. It's an Apple TV Plus movie, but we'll see. But when we see that movie, if we don't see Andrew, it's straight to Scorsese. Hey, listen, if they don't have- We riot. Premiere, if some kind of Tulsa's own circle cinema, that is a letdown, I think. Tulsa's own Andrew Nichols. Here. You know, mm-hmm. th- this is a movie that we have a lot of a connection to. Obviously, uh, the potential that Andrew could be in this movie as an extra because they filmed much of this movie in Oklahoma, in the areas where this movie takes place. And so um, I haven't read the book. I, I need to read it before it comes out. Josh, you've read the book. How does that influence your excitement for the movie? Um. Well, I... Uh, the book's great. Or does it? Or does it? I don't want to say it impacts my excitement of the movie because the book is like not... I mean, it's I mean, sad, and yes, right? for the record, it is so a it real event. It is a real fact. Like, this is based in history. Like, let's I'm, I'm excited to see the movie in the sense of it's a story that I'm excited to see told. And I'm glad that it was shot mostly here in Oklahoma with the help and cooperation of the Osage Nation. Um... So I'm interested to see how all that comes together. The book is the book is nonfiction, right? So it's not like it's an it's not like it's adapted from a from a from a novel. It's it's nonfiction. So I I assume there's going to be a lot of differences, uh, but I'm hoping it's as faithful as possible. And I I expect it will be. I don't think it'll. You know, this is a big a big budget movie, big names. I don't think they'll stray too far. But and this is one that Apple TV is really hoping. I mean, they've got Martin Scorsese attached to it, Leonardo DiCaprio attached to it. I mean, this is an Oscar bomb if I've ever seen one. Like they're doing everything they can, and I think that they're going to have a good chance. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading the book and learning more about it. I mean, obviously, living in Oklahoma, you have heard and learned more about it as it has come to light because of the book. But uh, to see it on film, I think will bring a lot of more attention to it than the book already has. And that we are aware of it being regionally. What do you think about it, David? Do you, do you, are you familiar with the story at all? Um, I'm familiar with the story. I, I also have not read the um, the book, um, but I remember being working at Barnes and Noble when the book came out mm. and it was like, it, we couldn't, it we could keep it on the shelves because we were just constantly in a state of overstock on it. We would just right. order order more than we uh, you know needed, but people were just grabbing it. Every you know for a while there, like every third person that came in, I would say, would ask where's kill. You know they wanted Killers of. Um, it was really popular, and for good reason. It's, it's a very interesting story. It's true. It's a it's a it's true. Um, it has a lot to do with the early days of Oklahoma. The um, the foundation i believe of the fbi yes and um we've seen hollywood has utilized oklahoma um a lot throughout uh you know film history because of this element of where it was kind of like this no man's land you know like mm-hmm. it was essentially the last border you know you've, once you crossed the border to oklahoma you were essentially out of most jurisdictions you know and to kind of see where that slowly started to become, you know, that the time period this book takes place is sort of towards the end of that. Um, I don't know. It's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, so I'm really excited. Plus, you know, you got a big cast. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is unrecognizable. 
um, you guys may remember. Um, so I, I'm excited and uh, really interested to see um, see and Scorsese. So I mean, like, uh, you know, I don't love everyone at Scorsese films, but like he he doesn't miss much, you know. So it should be. Right. I'm 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 really looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah, me too. That's Killers of the Flower Moon number nine on our you most want, anticipated list. What we want it? Let's take uh, anyway. We want to take bets on when it actually when when it will debut. Fall is my yeah. guess. I'm gonna say November third week of November, 2023. Perfect. Third week of November, 2023. <clears throat> Write it down, somebody. There you go. All right, number eight on our list. I believe this came from Garrett's list. This is 65. Um, the movie from mm. Scott Beck and Brian Woods, starring mm. Adam Driver. After a catastrophic crash on an unknown planet, Pilot Mills quickly discovers he's actually stranded on Earth 65 million years ago, which means there's dinosaurs. Garrett, tell us how this made it to your top five. You know, uh, I'm lo- Jurassic Park has really been the only dinosaur game in town, unless you go way back in time. The only the good cartoon. game. To the cartoon, uh, We Are Back, starring Whoopi Goldberg. That's a yeah. deep cut, if you've ever seen it. It's oh. a good one. I'm not knocking on it, but it's good. Or The Is Land it, Before Time. I was going to say The Land Before Time. time. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. also going to leave out, uh, what I think it's a, a Theodore uh, Theodore Rex, Teddy Rex. It's something like that. I'll look it up. You guys got to see this trailer. You got to see this trailer. It's hilarious. But dinosaurs in of itself are scary, right? They're cool. They're menacing, you know, what? they're so big, you can't really do anything, right? But Jurassic Park, the original, obviously, icon and classic. And then the other two, eh. Jurassic World, the reboot, excellent. The other two, you can go listen to our reviews, not good. The and results so, may vary. I was so disappointed in Dominion and how it just really felt like they gave up, right? It didn't seem like they had any direction that they were going. So this is very intriguing. You have Adam Driver, who everybody loves, and he can do so many things. So it's very it'll be interesting to see what they do. They've set it up to be scary. Um, it's by it's got connections to a quiet place. So that both of both of those movies have been great. So I have high hopes. Um, I think that there's a lot of potential for this to be good. I think it's I don't know how they do the time travel. I don't know if he's from another planet or if there's time travel, but I mean that's the only way to really kind of make it interesting and give yourself a chance is to have another person or another a person from a different time come back with futuristic technology. And it seems like it could be done in a way that's interesting. It, I feel like this movie can either be really good or really bad. And I don't feel like there's going to be an in-between. Right. Yeah. I, I'm really into the idea of some of a, of a, someone going into the past to the dinosaurs because you're right we've seen we've seen dinosaurs brought back to life in modern day through jurassic park and probably some other things that suck i don't know um but yeah we don't we uh, i don't really know of many movies where they go back to the time of dinosaurs in a way that's not you know cave manny cave manny or flintstones i don't know yeah um so I'm, i'm excited to see how Adam Driver does as an action star against a bunch of CGI dinosaurs. He's, he's, uh, I mean, he's good in Star Wars in an action-y role, but, uh, this will be his he's not, he's not done I a lot. As an action. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's his main action, like leading it, you know, I think so Star too. Wars is a different animal star. He does. Yeah. Adam Driver doesn't need Star Wars, but 65 needs Adam Driver. That's true. And if any scene in, uh, 
65 is as cool as that uh, lightsaber duel from The Last Jedi that he does with uh, Daisy Ridley, then it's going to be a good movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or if he has a, oh, I was, or if he has like a Marriage Story-esque, like, you know, teardown of some dinosaur where he just like, you know. He divorces it edge, and, you know, <laughs> punches, a, punches a tree. Punches a hole in the wall. A tree. You know, and the dinosaurs just left, you know, cr- she just falls to their, you know, her knees in a- anguish. Um, yeah. That would be, you know, give him the Oscar now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm with you, Garrett. Um, it's great when marketing works because they just released one trailer for this. And I went, yeah, all right. I'll watch right. that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I, I, you know, it's not high on my list. Like, I want to see it. Um, but, but, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm a little cautious, but it is kind of nice. Like this is okay. So, you know, this is one of the things, this is what people have been asking for. You know, this is a sci-fi movie. That's not an established franchise. It's coming out. So I want to, I hope people will go out support it. And, you know, if it's good, then, you know, great. Not good. Well, you know, probably, probably won't work out, but you know, this is a chance, you know, there, you don't get a lot of uh, independent, I don't know, you know, like non-franchise sci-fi films anymore. So let's go see it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm excited. Oh, and uh, we should just say that movie comes out March 17th. I was just going to ask because I couldn't, I didn't know if it was a summer movie, but I'm excited that it's March. No, it comes it's, out March. We haven't actually, really expected. Uh, maybe one of the things that we review in our upcoming season. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Hmm, you'll have to say, stay tuned in to find out. Uh, the <laughs> next movie on our list, number seven, came from David's list. This is the latest from Disney Pixar. It's Elemental. Uh, tell us about Elemental. And uh, what makes you so excited about it? Well, you know, I'm, I'm usually, um, you know, I, I'm still very much um, dedicated to Pixar. I think Pixar has been one of the best animation studios um, since their debut. And they've continued, you know, they've they've had a couple of ups and downs in terms of how monumental a particular movie will be. But um, I still think that uh, they're one of the flag bearers. and coming out of the pandemic, they really need a win. They really need like a movie to like hit and people to go, wow, thank you. Because kind of since soul, which came out during the pandemic, they've kind of had a hard time. Um, And I don't think that's because of the quality of the films. I think it's just been for whatever reason, people have not been as, as up for it, I guess. Right. Um, So I'm hopeful for that, but also it looks like a kind of a, a traditional Pixar movie. In that, you know, they're taking some nebulous concept like what if, you know, the four basic elements of the earth were alive and living in a city, you know, and uh, imbuing them with human characteristics. But uh, what what really uh, interests me more than than any of that is that it kind of looks like it's going to be Pixar's first like real romance. Because like hmm. if you if you look at most Pixar movies at their core, they're buddy movies. You know, you take two two characters that on you know shouldn't get along and they're forced to get along and by the end they're best friends, right? Um, that's the case for a lot of Pixar's early stuff. Um, and they have done other kinds of movies along the way, but they've never really done like a true, you know, boy meets girl what is style romance movie. And I think that's what they're going for here. I think they're gonna really tell a love story, which would be really um which would be really, I think, interesting. Yeah, I um I don't know much about Elemental other than it exists and that it's coming out around Christmas time. No, um, actually uh, June. Oh, it's June. I June thought it was 16th. Christmas time. Well, 
don't listen to me then. Um, but uh, I think that, it, that if that's the case, then I think it's an interesting dynamic because I do think that, you know, we think about us growing up with Pixar essentially as a movie studio. Um, Toy Story, all of us, I, I feel like I see myself in Toy Story and the growth in that story, right? And and the one thing that they have, and, and I've always said that there is a way that Pixar, it's like that no movie really tugs at a heartstring like Pixar movie, but they haven't really crossed into those uh, adult-esque kind of genres where the that same kind of audience is. So it would be interesting to see if they t- if this is like that version. Um, it's it's catered more towards um, you know not necessarily kids or teens, but uh, you know teens, twenties, thirties. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that is the case. Uh, again, I have to know a little bit more. Um, but yeah, Pixar kind of really hasn't wowed me lately, which isn't necessarily their fault. Their movies haven't been bad. They've been perfectly fine. Um, they just haven't necessarily been home runs. Like you're, like you're assumed to get from them. Mm-hmm. And that's more of our fault than theirs. That, yeah, I agree with that. I think that, um, we, I think that people put a, a lot of expectation on, on them when, you know, sometimes it's okay for the movie to be perfectly fine. Uh, yeah. but, but for some reason, some people will see that as like, oh, it wasn't great. It's, oh. it's the, it's the, it, there's the same discourse happening in like, the the side of the movie fan community that follows box office and it's like any movie that doesn't make a billion is a failure yeah and that's just not that's just not yeah. realistic people pixar's in their flop era right know, right right you know. right uh but i'm i'm looking forward to it too you know you, i don't disagree with anything y'all have said pixar doesn't miss often um it looks like a really emotional story which i I don't know if I'm prepared for it or not. You know, the last movie that really screwed me up was Soul from them. Yeah. Um, I I did really enjoy Turning Red, but that was that story was not really for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited. You were uh, you were a big fan of Luca not being about death. I was a big fan of Luca not being about death. You're right. Yeah. I you were like we've lot. we've done like eight movies where like. I'm supposed to question my immortal my my mortality, and I'm, I'm I'm getting sick of it. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a nice breather. And then we go back to Lightyear. Yeah, more mortality. Yes. Um, we'll see what I happens. Think Lightyear was a miss. Uh, it was it was mid, as the kids say. No, I, I I liked it a lot. I liked it, but it was I didn't love it. But it I one, had I, I enjoyed it. It made one mistake, but I don't think I can say what it was. Probably not popular, so I'll just yeah. keep it to myself. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. want to know. Is I know sp- what it is. You know. is it, no. it, is, it is a spoiler. So okay, I'll, then I'll, we don't want to say. <clears throat> you can just tell me later. <laughs> um, okay, number six. Uh, this one also came from David's list, so you're still at Pat. Oh. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think Garrett and I left this off our list, you know, intentionally. We were, we're looking forward to it, too. But, uh, yeah, you put it on your list. So well, you can see. always you can always count on me. Exactly. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. It is uh, the last go around. You know, the, you know the band's pulling out of the station, all that stuff. That's what they um, say. And I think it's you know, and I think it's time. You know, I think that um, the first Guardians uh, really surprised a lot of people. I think that you know, Garrett. I think you've talked about it. I think you talked about it being the one where 
you were like, oh, this, you kind of felt like this isn't going to work. And then you were shocked to see it did, or, or one of you guys have said, like, said something like that. Um, and it, it went over a lot of people. People really liked it. I really like volume two a lot. I know that it's not everybody's favorite, but um, volume three has one of the best third acts in Marvel movie history, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, so I'm really excited for volume three. I really think that they're going to bring in some real um, interesting character stuff for uh, Rocket specifically. And, um, you know, they'll close out some stuff for all the characters. But, you know, I think, you know, we'll see where they, if and when any of these characters appear in future Marvel movies. Um, but, you know, I think it's okay to be like, hey, you know what, Guardians of the Galaxy as a is a as a group of films is over but these characters could still reappear in the avengers or we re could reappear in you know some other movie that happens to be set in outer space um so i know i i'm i'm down with it i i've liked this uh th these groups of movies and i liked that they were for the most part kind of separate from the bigger mcu uh uh when they started out so i don't know and i think that james gunn is a a very good storyteller um I was I was really hopeful. I was really excited to see him do something new after Guardians finished, but yeah. I think he's going to be stuck in the superhero genre for a long time now. So I'm really really bummed about that. But oh well. Yeah, I feel like the drama behind the scenes is more interesting than the movie. Um, I don't think that this is going to be a letdown necessarily. Um, I don't think I'm looking forward to it though. Uh, I think that I didn't necessarily care for the second one. I think that. For me, Guardians have kind of flamed out. Um, I'm not overly interested with where they go, um, but I do think that with this being the last one, every one of those actors and James Gunn and the people behind it are gonna put everything into it. And so I do think that it's gonna be another one where, you know, the first one was really surprising. The second one was a bit of, of a letdown and they've been so like, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy themselves, because they were such a smash, have been so overproduced um, that I think it is time for them to go away. And so I think that this will be a good way to send them off. Um, so, yeah, I think this one needs to win me over a little more. Um, but I think it can. I think it's an easy win. I'm ready for it. I think it'll be I think it'll be an emotional finale. Um, for the for most of these characters, I kind of don't think many of them will come back. Um, and they're all going to go to DC. <laughs> well, that's what the internet would have you think, uh, but it's just ugh, whatever. Anyway, uh, it'll be James Gunn's swan song for Marvel, most likely, as yeah. he takes over the DC universe for uh, you know until some idiot at WB fires him. I'm just telling you yeah. what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, he'll do years. he'll do something that audiences love. And they'll fire him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this seems to be what happens. James Gunn loves to get fired. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited about it. I, you know, I think, I, I don't know where they're going to go with it. Other than, like I said, I think some characters will get an ending. I don't know what, you you're, you decide what that means, but I also One guarantee. Oh, sorry, Josh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I also agree that it's, I think it is time to put these characters back on the shelf for a while. I think it is a little oversaturated. I could do with a little less Groot, just in general. Yes. Really? Yes. Not not like in the movie. Like Groot's fine in the movie, but I feel like Groot, Groot and Baby Yoda, right? Just shut oh, up. Yeah. 
Well, they they really, really they really need to develop. I mean, we get it. A, They're cute. It's some fine. Cross promotional material of Groot and Baby Yoda working together. But Groot's grown up now, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Groot Jr. I'm I, I'm actually developed. glad about that because teenage Groot did, was was funny, but but became grating. <laughs> did you guys watch the Christmas special? Yeah, yes. and actually, I did enjoy the Christmas special. It was fun. It so, was fun. You know, I I think that you know. Um, in terms of characters that could stick around, even though they're franchise ends, I think that like it's very likely they'll keep Star Lord around. I think it's likely they could see that rocket around because it's not it's not it's not that much skin off to keep Bradley Cooper around. Just you don't think they're gonna Star off him, Rock and Groot? No, I mean they could maybe. But Some people I, think I, they're gonna kill him. Rocket, Rocket could sacrifice himself for the group, and that might be and that and that would be a very emotional conclusion to his story, um, going from. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll, they'll they'll illustrate that in the film. We'll talk but, about it later. But I could see we'll Star Lord and Groot, Star Lord Rocket and Groot, um, Nebula. I could see hanging around. Karen Gillan seems game to keep doing it. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, Batista's done. Um, Batista's made it very Palm, clear. That Palm McClintock, Palm Clementoff, I think is how you pronounce her last name. And if I butchered it, I'm really sorry. She's immediately going to DC. Like I know people were like, "Oh, please don't bring your entire cast over here." She's she's going to be immediately. Like that's the one that James is actually thinking he has. I know it. I just know it. Catwoman. She's Catwoman. Or or she's going to be Katana. Or she's going to be anyone. Um, you know, anyone he wants. You know. Interesting. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, one thing I can guarantee: soundtrack banger after banger. Oh, I probably. I think- It'll probably be pretty interesting. It'll probably be a whole new group of songs that I start playing to myself all the time. Oh, yeah. It always is. Okay. We're entering the, the top five. Five. It's good exactly. Top five this is, is great. This and is we're, starting with a, we're starting with a banger already. The my top banger. of the top. Yep. This one's from my list. It's John Wick Chapter 4. John Wick, not June. John Wick, January. What a missed, a missed opportunity. I know. I know. But John Wick Chapter 4 is coming out in 2023. This movie's gone through some delays. Uh, Y'all might remember that it was, uh, once upon a time, it was scheduled to come out on the same day as The Matrix uh, Revolutions. Mm. Um, And and people were like, two massive Keanu movies on one day? This is amazing. (laughs) Which one do we not go to? Well, right, right. Well, that's what the the weekend's got three days, baby. You go to both. I know, I know. I'm just saying, Matrix Revolution, Matrix Resurrections, didn't do very good. Resurrections, um, not revolutions. Um, but yeah. Cha- John Wick Chapter Four is back. Yeah. Um, Who's not excited about John Wick? I think everyone in the world. You know, I was talking about my. I was hanging out with my grandparents, and they were excited about John Wick. I mean, it's a movie that you don't have. You just sit there and you watch people die in the most <laughs> fascinating of ways. Yes, we had it is. we. We had an extreme amount of fun covering these th- these first three movies uh, a few years back. So I'm excited to revisit it. You're right. It is just nonsense killing. Yeah. This movie is one that you need to go see in a theater because if you go in the at the like, I mean, Antebellum was or um, Parabellum was Parabellum. the one that I saw in theaters for the first time. I had not seen the first two John Wicks because I didn't think really anything about them, and then I thought they were just goofy action movies, right? So I just went to see. Uh, that one for fun and it was the most incredible experience <laughs> the audience was responsive they were screaming they were oh man and that is the kind of audience that i want so you can only get that in the theater so this is gonna be just fun yeah um 
you know, I think that we've been we've been friends for a long time, but I really think that we bonded even greater over John Wick June. We did. And uh, AKA June Stronger. Wick. Um, June never, Wick. I really wanted I pretended to, call it, to hate it so much, but I, I really I really wanted to call it June Wick, but John Wick June also just rolls right off the tongue. Um <laughs> you know, and I I thought the first John Wick was kind of like I was like, eh, it was okay. I mean, it was it was it was nice, but I, it I was gets, like it gets better. I was yeah. like I was like the 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 it's very simplistic. And I right. was like, so it works. So I mean, like, but it's not bad in that sense. It's just like it does everything that it wants to do, exactly how to do it. But yeah, the series for me got better each time. I saw John Wick chapter three, Parabellum, with uh Mr. Andrew Nichols. It was my first time seeing a movie sitting next to Andrew, and it was honestly the right choice. Uh, <laughs> there were so many gut bangs. And I was yeah, like Andrew. Uh, he, you know, uh, and I was right there with him. Um, you know, some, you know, the seven foot two dude got killed with a book. Um, (laughs) there was a fight in a horse barn, and John Wick made this dude made this horse kick a dude in the face at least twice. It was awesome. Uh, so like we were just, oh, me and Andrew got as we got as as closely intimate as we ever. And this guy, when John Wick started stabbing a dude in the eye, uh, and he actually like, like they were like easing closer and closer in. And then he actually just full on stabbed him in the eye. Andrew and I were like curled up next to each other. Like, honestly, people, people sitting next to Andrew at a movie theater should be charged a premium ticket because it's kind of like one of those 4DX experiences where your seat shakes and (laughs) there's sound in you. I'd say mist sprays. He did not fall asleep. There was no time. Also, Halle Berry was in that. I heard. I kind of hope Halle Berry reappears in the fourth one. I assume most of the cast will be coming back. I can't remember who all's died. We'll probably see four. Um, <laughs> we can't. We'll probably. Obviously, I think we'll see uh, uh, Ian McShane back. Uh, I think. We'll see. I think Anna Diarmas will play a sneak appearance. I think that she'll be there. Sneak. I think they may not market it, but I think she's going to be in there a bit because she's oh, yeah. got her Keanu Reeves or her uh, John Wick spinoff ballerina coming out too, and he's in that. I'm just hoping we see possible. Common again. I just want Common back. Um, Bill Skarsgård is joining the cast for Chapter Four, and he's very creepy. So I'm excited there about that. So yeah, I, I'm looking very much forward to it. What will he kill someone with next? Um, let's anything, yeah. anything and everything. Who knows? Okay, number four. Now this made it on. This made it on multiple lists. So this is how you know we're really getting into the goods. Uh, Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. This is you know not to be confused with Tom Holland. This is uh, Miles Morales Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years back, Into the Spider Verse came out. Honestly, I think it surprised most people by how extremely good it was um it was i know for me i was like how can how can all these spider-man movies coexist i don't think it'll work um there's too much spider-man but they pulled it off um with a really innovative animation style Mm -hmm. uh, just a great story wonderful performances and now they're back for two i think did spider-verse did the first spider-verse win the oscar best animated I think, uh, I think it did. I think so. Let me. I can double check that. Yeah, double check us because yeah. I don't want to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it did. So this is my most anticipated movie of the year. I am so excited about this because I am one of those people who was uh, blown away by how good Spider-Verse was. And it wasn't just how good the movie was and how interesting it was to 
uh, have them be able to intertwine all of those. And I think that worked in their favor because there are so many different iterations of Spider-Man. And then mm-hmm. it's easy to weave this multiverse of Spider-Man and, and, and Gwen and, and Spider-Gwen and Spider-Pig and all of this other things that are in there. And it's just so wonderful. And the animation was nothing I had ever seen before. And so it was beautiful to see. And I just feel like they're gonna bring that back, but better. And the cast that they have and the, I'm just very excited to kind of re-experience that feeling because I feel like they're going to be able, I think they're going to deliver really well. Plus it's fun to see a a different version because what this, uh, focusing on Miles Morales gives you that break of Peter Parker. And so Mm -hmm. Peter Parker's there, but it's, it's Miles story. And that is a different way of telling that Spider-Man story, just a different direction. And so it's a plus very excited. I uh, couldn't agree more. Um, in fact, yes, it did win Best Animated Feature the 2019 Academy Awards. It also won the Annie Award for Best Animated Feature. Um, yes, um, I have advocated for a long time for these movie, co- these movie, these these big studios that own superhero media to make more films, make more animated films based on these characters, and not just live action ones. They the comic book world lends itself so easily to animation that I can't believe that, you know, one of the first like real, like, like big budget animated films about a superhero had, was it into the spider verse? Um, and that I don't, and I, you know, no, dis, I'm not intending to leave off like Batman mask of the phantasm, which was also a theatrical release, but um, it, it just makes so much sense. Um, and into the spider verse was really good. Um, Jake Johnson as a version of Spider-Man. Like, perfect. Perfect. Loved it. Um, Chris Pine as well, you know? Like, uh, and and so uh, everything about it works. And Miles' story in that first movie is so... His story is so, like, relatable and understandable. And you can... You root for him to learn and grow. And you root for the effect he will have on Speeder, uh, on Speeder, on Peter B. Parker. Speeder, Spooderman. Spooderman. You want, you really want him to rub off on Peter B. Parker and for him to pick his, his life back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I really think that it's a version of a multiverse movie where you actually utilize the multiverse in a way that builds the story um, and isn't really just a gimmick. Um, you know, the other five characters that show up might be a little gimmicky. But they bring in a lot of good comic relief. Um, whereas, you know, the whole story is between these two, you know, these two variants of Spider-Man. Anyhow, Across the Spider-Verse looks to expand that even more. Um, you've got a really great cast coming in. You've got um, Oscar Isaac coming in and others to fill in a ton of other Spider-Man roles. There's probably Easter eggs galore. Um, the animation is great. It's amazing. It's 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 so different than anything else. So I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, you know, hopefully, um, hopefully uh, the you know the guys who are running it keep getting to do good work because um, I think it's Chris Lord and, and uh, or Chris Miller and Phil Lord, and you know they're behind the Lego Movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did Clone High a long time ago. Anybody remember Clone High? That was a fun show. Anyway, they're really. Um, Clone High was an animated film on MTV about uh, clones of famous people in history, and they had to go to high school together. 
So like it was about like a, a, a teenage clone of Abraham Lincoln and he hang, he hung out with Gandhi and he was in love with Cleopatra, but she wouldn't, she wouldn't. Who, is, him. who is that for? It's for people. Who's the audience like, of that? It's like for people like me who have nothing better to do on a Friday night um, at 2 a.m. <laughs> and uh, the best part about it was there's a clone of JFK and you guys, Josh, you may know the JFK thing. Uh, the, there was a TikTok trend quoting him where he was like, why don't you hop in my pool? And by pool, I mean hot tub. And by hop, I mean sex or whatever it was. Like, so JF, there was a, there was a clone of JFK. Anyway. That's from uh, that show? Yeah, it's from that show. I think I assumed it was Family Guy it's or pretty, something. It's, it's honestly a pretty But I have show. heard that sound. Okay, uh, well. So they're also very good friends with Zach Braff, and I'm really hoping for a, a Zach Braff Spider-Man. It's, it's well, we do know, just based on the poster, that there's going to be a lot more Spider-Man in this one than there was in the last. Uh, so you're right. There, There's probably opportunity for cameos galore of just fun little alternate universe Spider-Man. Fun fact, Spider Nichols is in this movie. Andrew Nichols also going to be featured in Across the Spider-Verse as a Spider-Man. Hey, go. why not? Spider-Man. Uh, let's get into the top three now. The sleepy Spider-Man. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> Uh, number three is another movie that made it on two of our lists. Uh, I'm it was definitely on one of mine because I'm very excited. This is this is a long title: Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Right. <laughs> Too many colons. This is the 500th installment in the Mission Impossible series, starring and Tom the two Cruise. Just get better with age. Tom Cruise, who f- somehow uh, in 2023 is like the biggest star he's ever been. <laughs> Uh, he's got a lot riding into this. This will be his follow-up to Top Gun Maverick, the currently still highest-grossing movie of 2023 in the United States. Mm-hmm. Best Picture nominee 2023. <laughs> There's a lot riding into Mission Impossible, you guys. Yeah. Oh my god. Listen, these movies are good. Um, <laughs> they I, need are. To re- I need to rewatch them. Uh, but you can go listen to our reviews of them. Uh, I also will do that. Uh, it's you know you're right. I think that's an interesting dynamic because these movies have gotten good, right? They've gotten better each one. Uh, Tom Cruise has gotten better with age. He is coming off the biggest movie of his career. He is coming off of an Oscar-nominated Best Picture sequel to Top Gun. Right. That sentence is stupid to say out loud. <laughs> yes, go back to 1980-something and tell them that the Top Gun, <laughs> Top Gun 2 in 35 years, years later or whatever will be yeah. the Best Picture nominee. People will shit. Yeah, no. So I think you're right. I think that's an With interesting who? dynamic. Because who <laughs> is... I mean, what does this... How does this movie succeed? <laughs> I mean, what, Mission Impossible? Be, yeah, I mean, is it going to, does it have to be the number one movie of the year and Oscar nominated? No, no, it doesn't have to go that far. I don't think I, so. I think people do appreciate that this is like a unique thing for Top Gun Maverick. Uh, it's, it is a, like, I honestly think it's being, it was nominated because it, it's, it is kind of what saved the movie industry. <laughs> Right, yeah. like that's fair. That's what fair. it did in the begin. Like it buoyed the beginning of the year, and now Avatar buoyed the end of the year. So, like yeah. these two movies probably saved the box office in twenty twenty two. So, I think it's a unique circumstance that Top Gun's nominated. 
That's so fair. I That's think fair. I think Mission Impossible just needs to get good reviews and be a be at least a moderate box office hit. And I don't see why yeah. it wouldn't. Do we think it's going to be the biggest movie of the year? Because I could easily no. listen. Tom Cruise is not half assing no. shit right now, so I could see him coming out full blaze and just blowing this movie out of the water. Honestly, no, I, I don't have sure. a solid guess for what I think. We should we should we should revisit that idea though. I like the idea of what do we think would be the biggest of the year? Because I don't know right now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's but no that's that I can we'll look into it. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One uh, brings back Christopher McQuarrie as the director. Ta- Tom Cruise has been doing a lot of insane stunts for it, as usual. Uh, I believe the other, not the other day, but like recently, to celebrate something for Top Gun Maverick, he he released a video where he like was thanking people for watching Top Gun Maverick. And he was like, right now we're filming Mission Impossible. And he jumped out of a helicopter while he did it. It's a whole thing. Uh, So as long as Tom Cruise can run, I think Mission Impossible will be a good movie. Yeah, I mean, he has stretched, they have stretched Mission Impossible beyond what it really probably could have been and maybe should have been. Um, I've not seen really any of them. I've seen some of Mission Impossible 3. But... um, but yeah, so I I don't know if I'll end up seeing this or not. I mean, if we review it for the show, then I'll I'll binge all of the Mission Impossible movies and then watch uh, and then watch Dead Reckoning. But um, that's right, you were not on the show when we did these, did were you? No, what I a wasn't. time that was. That was also you a guys, really good time. The best part was too. I think you guys were only up to the fifth one at that point. Probably. Yeah. I think that was when uh, Fallout came out. Wow. All right, we just have a couple more. Number two, uh, number two most anticipated movie of the year. This is the new Christopher Nolan movie, Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. Oppenheimer is uh, the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer's role in the development of the atomic bomb during World War II. If you're a history buff, um, that's what it's about. It stars Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer. Also has a great supporting cast of... Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Matt Damon, Kenneth Branagh, Josh Hartnett, Benny Safdie, Gary Oldman, Robert Downey Jr., Alden Ehrenreich, I don't remember if I said that right, Rami Malek, Jack Quaid, David Crumholtz. David Crumholtz. There you go. Not That's a that lot well. of names I just listed, and I could have um, Josh Peck. No, Josh what? Peck. Yeah, Josh yeah, Peck. Yeah, Josh Peck is in it. I saw a trailer, a new tra- I don't know if it was a new trailer for it today, but yeah, I saw Josh Peck in it, and that was a surprise. Josh Peck's name was so far down on the Letterbox cast list, I had to c- click see more. That's how many people are in this freaking movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's a very white movie. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> um, it's a so yeah. I'm very, um, you know, I don't know if it's popular anymore to be a Christopher Nolan fan, but I am. I don't think it's not. Um, he is, you know, it seems was weird. Like- I know, but it's it feels like it feels like whatever it feels like whenever I, I'm on film Twitter, which is usually just when I log into the so, so, mm-hmm. so many sequels Twitter account, it feels right. like there is a a certain group mindset that would consider Christopher Nolan like baby cinema for film bros who think they're deep. You know what I mean? And that's like that's Well, I like, don't care I, about the opinion of those people. I know, but I think also, that is a, I, I think I'm Twitter's not, sure not real. Twitter's Twitter's not real. I know, I but do, it can still hurt my feelings. I do think um, 
that no one's got a little bit riding because uh, I don't think Tenet was well received. Um, I think it. I think I don't think people got it. I'm one of those people who didn't get it, but it was fun. Um, it was a little difficult to follow. It was a little too smart. It was a little too much. And and I love a good Christopher Nolan original movie. Mm-hmm. I think that one just had a lot of pieces that you had to follow, and it was a lot for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think this one is based in reality. I think that his special effects are what I am most excited about this movie. I mean, him recreating a bomb like that, I... I mean, with I've no already seen effects, that he's yeah. done it with with no visual effects. Like, I am fascinated. Um, I think it's going to be tense. I think it's going to be really, like, claustrophobic. Um, I think it's going to be sweaty. And I think it's going to be very uncomfortable. But I, not just because of the situation. And I think he's going to handle it really well. And I think people are going to be really, I think people will like it a lot. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, too, what Nolan's presentation of... Um, Oppenheimer is, you know, um, depending on who you're, t- who you're talking to and, you know, where they live, J. Robert Oppenheimer is either considered like an American hero or the greatest mass murderer of all time. I think it's um, going to tote the line. So it's going to be really out that, that, that's going to be an interesting line to tote because, you know, um, because yeah, he's a controversial figure. And I, I, I think based on interviews, you can watch of him. I, he himself, I think, has a a, a level of self loathing that uh, is going to be interesting to see how that presents as someone who you know achieved a lot and hates kind of hates what he hates what he achieved. Um, that's going to be an interesting character to see Killian Murphy bring to the screen. Um, yeah, so I, I'm really excited about it, and uh, uh, I've seen most of Nolan's work. My, one of my favorite films of all time is still The Prestige. And um, I, I'm kind of hoping this is more in line with that. I do, I do fully right. expect there to be some playing with non-linear storytelling still, because that's just how Nolan operates. But uh, I hope that he finds an interesting way to do it. I don't know. I feel like this movie is going to be a countdown. It's going to happen in like real time. Like you're going to feel it. I think you're going to feel this uncomfortable. I think you're going to feel all of what you said, David. I think you're going to feel it. Sorry, Josh. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I, I i think this will be a return to form in a lot of ways because it's it's more of a it's more based in realism than uh some of his more fantastical ideas because you're right he did he did get some some guff for for tenant being a little too complex like it wasn't as easy to follow as inception was um right. which is funny because like inception is kind of confusing too but it didn't mess with time in the same way. And I think that was the main issue Uh, before we move on though. I did want to say, I feel like Christopher Nolan um, experiments with special effects in a lot of the same ways that James Cameron experiments with visual effects. And the, the, I don't know if this is a technical difference, but I'm talking about like, you know, in Nolan movies, he really focuses on practical effects and if there's anything he did get right in Tenet, it is that incredible scene where he crashed a real full-size Boeing 747. Um, that that was not CGI, and now he and now he's upping himself again by recreating um, 
the, one uh, of the first atomic yeah. one of the first atomic bomb tests ever to be done with with practical effects, but without detonating an actual nuclear bomb. Right. <laughs> that is uh, must be stated. That has to be impressive to see, and I am excited to see that. Um, so that's kind of another thing where I'm like, you know, people see Avatar because they're like, oh, I want to see what it looks like, and that's part of my uh, excitement for Oppenheimer. Is how do mm-hmm. they do? How do they agree? Um, okay, number two. No, that wasn't. No, now, now number, one. Number, one. Right, number one. Oh, Oppenheimer. Hang on. Oppenheimer comes out in uh, July. Oh, yeah. I think it, it's very close to my birthday, if not on my birthday, I think. That's right. It comes out the same day as Barbie. Me. I'm going to have a great birthday. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. That AMC A-list weekend for you is going to be fine. It's going to yeah. be great. Uh, Barbie didn't make it to our list, but it would be a mo- an honorable mention of mine, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Without further ado, number one, this was a movie that hit all of our lists. Um, so that's how it ended up being at the number one spot. This is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, this is Disney's first take on Indiana Jones since purchasing Lucasfilm. This is, I think, in a lot of ways, going to be used as a chance to uh, redo uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to be like a, it's going to be a swan song for Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do with Indiana Jones after that, but there's a lot of reasons that I'm excited about this movie, uh, mainly because Indiana, the Raiders of the Lost Ark is what made me fall in love with film in the first place. So I have a long history with the character. And as many people, a lot of people hate that fourth one. We've covered them. Go back and listen. Uh, I don't care. You give me Indiana Jones, I watch Indiana Jones. I don't care. Right. I don't care. I don't care if it's good or bad. I watch it. You give it to me, I watch it. Give you cookie, got you cookie. (laughs) People are like, there's only three Indiana Jones movies. No, there's four. I watch them all because I love him. I watch everyone. You're not a real fan. Yeah. yeah. The the fourth one is actually the mummy. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot we did learn that. Yeah. In the future, you'll yeah you'll learn that too. Just stay tuned for Brendan Fraser Ari. But no, this is uh yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, Indiana Jones connected to all of us. I feel like we watched it as a kid. Uh, really connected to it. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Uh, I don't think that they would do it if they weren't confident in it, especially after the Crystal Skull. So, um, I think the biggest concern I have is the de aging thing. You know, Disney's able to do it. I think that uh, what you know there's been some backlash a little bit in the trailer stuff but like i don't take that seriously because i don't believe it's done um so give it time uh i think it's going to be good i am intrigued to see what they do with it this really is a franchise that they haven't overdone yet uh so it's due right i mean they've overdone everything at this point in time so uh this one's not quite at that level there's no 45 movies no three seasons and four spinoffs of a Disney plus show yet. So it's definitely on their list of things to overproduce soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no series. And we've seen this, no series is more actually tied to its star. I think than Indiana, than, than the Indiana Jones franchise, because right. we've seen, I believe like, you know, born movies without Matt Damon, we've seen, superhero superman movies without christopher reeve you know what i mean but indiana jones like they have outside of a, a, a tv show they tried to do in the 90s about young indiana jones really have not ever tried to do anything else with it 
if it didn't have Harrison Ford attached. This will be the first um, Indiana Jones film not directed by Steven Spielberg, I believe. I'm pretty sure the fourth one wasn't, or fourth that, one was. Th- yes, and that is another reason why the I'm director excited. is a big, a big A plus. James yeah. Mangold is directing this one. He's directed several great movies. Um, I think one reason why I feel good with Indy in his hands is is how he handled um, Logan. You know, the Wolverine character was also put through some some bad, bad movies. <laughs> and he was able to really bring it home uh, in a way that people seem to like. And he's he's also just done some other really great films. And yes, including uh, Identity. You know, I don't think it gets talked about a lot, but if you go back and look, Steven Spielberg didn't really want to direct Indiana Jones 4. Uh, but he also didn't want anyone else to direct Indiana Jones 4. So he was like, well, if you're going to do it, I guess I will. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it was actually Harrison Ford that kept nagging them to do a fourth movie. Um, so people who so don't surprising. like it, it's Harrison's fault. Yeah. James Mangold, also Ford v. Ferrari, which is... That's the, it. I, I didn't want to say it, but... Ford v. Ferrari, sorry. Logan, uh, 310 to Yuma, um, mm-hmm. Identity, mm-hmm. Uh, Kate and Leopold. Like, man, it, the man don't miss. Sure. Don't miss. So anyway, uh, yes, looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a really heartfelt story. Um, and I kind of, I want a very, I want a nice swan song for Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. It's just something that as an, as an aging, as an aging child, I would really love to see. Agreed. Um, he, the way he, they have to do it. Oh, go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, I want, I want him to be given the chance to say goodbye to that character in the same way that he got to wrestle with Han Solo. You know, he is a man who is tied to two iconic characters and they should be dealt with appropriately, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I was the only reason that I, I was I, I had a bad taste in my mouth with the fourth one really didn't have that much to do with the plot and the story. Um, I always thought that the last crusade was such a nice ending um, with yeah. him and his dad reconciling and then riding off into the literally riding off into the sunset. Um, you know, so when they announced the fourth one so long, like one of the first times ever, they were like, Hey, it's been 18 years and here's a sequel. And you're like, it's been, it's way too long past to do another Indiana Jones movie. Right. Um, and, but they did it anyway. And you know, it's, it's a pretty good, it's an okay Indiana Jones film. And, uh, but now we are at a point where if if we don't do this one, we'll probably never get another one. Um, so I'm really excited to see. I'm really interested to watch. Uh, I am emotionally ready. Um, John Reese Davies is back. So yeah. let's, you know, there's, there's an interesting opportunity because of how tied Indiana Jones is to Harrison because it should be right. That's his name. This is a different situation than if it's like Iron Man or Wolverine. This is not an everlasting character. This is an original character uh, brought to life by Harrison. And so I think if they're smart, what they should do is give you that ending of Indiana Jones and then give you a new original character because you can't, you can't ride on the Indiana Jones name. That's the, that's the mistake that I feel like they might try to make. Don't make Indiana Jones colon. No, just let it die and then use whatever you're going to spin off to and create another new original kind of character with those ideas that you would give Indiana Jones. I think that's the smartest way that you can play it because then you can create the Disney plus franchises and give people the satisfactory end to Indiana Jones, because I don't think a Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford can, will be successful in any iteration. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, even even I like conceptually, I, I liked the young Indiana Jones series when it was on. I only saw like two episodes, but it was it was a fine premise. Indiana, you know, uh, Harrison Ford imitator would tell would would, you know, narrate the opening of a story. And then you'd have some, you know, kid, some guy who's like 21 or something playing young Indiana Jones. And that was fine for the nine before a two, maybe. Uh, I feel like people be even le- like people hated it then because they're like, ah, where's where's Harrison Ford? And they'd probably be the same today. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think, you know, the funny thing is Lucasfilm is really all they got. You know, they have like four real properties. They have Star Wars, Willow and Indiana Jones and American Graffiti, which I didn't even know they made a sequel to American Graffiti, but they did. Um, So like, do you think they're going to, you know, I don't see any of those other ones. Willow has a series now, but I don't see any of these other ones becoming popular so i don't know what they do with indiana jones going forward it is such a a lightly tapped franchise yes i don't know what they'll do with it but i know they'll do something because they'll they'll never just let it rest unfortunately it's just i don't think they'd make this movie if they were just gonna let it rest i would love a you know what i'd love though i would love like a uh, book series like just a series i'd read indiana Indiana jones Jones books that'd be cool that would be cool it maybe already exists i don't know i'll look into it all right. Well, friends, that is our top 10 most anticipated movies of the year. I'm sure we will review many, if not all of them. Who knows? Um, but I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll review many of them. So that's some of what you have to look forward to this year on so many sequels. Uh, we'll, go, we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up because we've got a whole month of Brendan Fraser movies coming up next. Brendan Fraserary kicks off the regular season we'll call this episode the preseason another sports ball reference for you um so we'll be back oh, with on, a man. with a brendan fraser movie all month long we'll cover the oscars in, in no in march and you know lots of fun stuff on the way so follow us online so many sequels or so many sequels pod on most of your social media apps so many sequels.com is where you can find links to those and you can subscribe to us in your favorite podcasting app or on our YouTube channel. And finally, our Patreon account, patreon.com slash so many sequels. You can uh, join our exclusive club there and you'll get to be in our discord and chat with us about movies and all kinds of other fun stuff. So that is my spiel. We will see you all next week for the start of Brendan Fraserary.